Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. PG Wiz, everybody. Welcome to 99PotionsFanBite.com's premiere podcast. Uh, also the premiere podcast of... Let, let's make up a URL right here that John will have to buy. Um, uh, Final Fantasy... No, yeah. I was going to name this uh, this episode End, End Talker. So there's going to oh, be... Sh- damn. So wow, why, don't we, good, yeah. why don't we buy EndTalker.com? Right, I'm not I'll sure that like somebody... I'll, so, I'll bring somebody, it for 10 bucks. Yeah, somebody probably already has that, but now we have to have it. So this like is the it. premier uh, RPG podcast of endtalker.com as well. <laughs> uh, I I am your host today for uh, 99 Potions in Rancon. Everyone else is on an international space station, literally orbiting <laughs> the Earth right now. There's nothing we can do. So it has been left to me, the newest baby member of this podcast, to bring in <laughs> other new baby member- members of this podcast. One is the head of Link Shell. The head of Final Fantasy fourteen coverage, one Mr. Michael Hyam. How you doing, Michael? I am. I'm. I'm good. I think I've readjusted my sleep schedule because it got completely fucked up uh, over the weekend when uh, Nwalker launched. Because it, it started out, it went live at. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll, the, we'll what you there. need to know is that my sleep schedule is. I think I've readjusted it. But uh, yeah. Hey, we we out here. We out here. Uh, I'm. Uh, this is the yeah, I'm, I'm hyped about this, even though I am extremely busy. But thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. Uh, also excited to have one Miss Andrea Sheeran, who is our weekend editor at fanbite.com and also a fellow Final Fantasy 14 pervert, which I did not realize <laughs> before I hired you. Would not have made a difference, but it made it, it was a thing I didn't know until like, oh, Andrea's like one of them, huh? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, so like to a detrimental degree. Um, I got the the flu shot. Uh, the flu shot plus booster last week, and I'm still feeling the effects the like hard. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> hardcore. And um, I'm still going nonstop, even though I'm like half dead. I'm like playing with one arm and like an eye closed, but still going. So. <laughs> I admire your versatility in that because I got the flu shot yesterday, and I'm like, you know what, I will be fine. And then this morning, I woke up and like. Now I'm going to take the day off work. I'm just going to do nine potions, and I'm going to let Mike and or Michael and Andrea just talk about this thing. So that's going to be. Our main subject matter today is you guys, I assume, just don't have anything else on the brain besides Endwalker, and that seems perfectly fair, because that seems like what the what most of my Twitter timeline is like these days, is there's no Endwalker talk because everyone's just playing Endwalker. They don't have time to tweet. So why? Why is that? Why is everyone very obsessed with Endwalker? Uh, first off, I'm really glad that my timeline is like, people are very careful about sharing screenshots Mm -hmm. and I am very careful about sharing screenshots. I've taken so many cool screenshots because there's so many great looking zones in this game. And there are so many states in which 
the zones are kind of altered based on where you are in the story. And I was like, damn, I can't share any of this stuff. Cause like, <laughs> I think about it. Uh, and I'm like, if I saw this on someone else, I'll follow tweeted this. I'd be like, damn, I wish I saw that before you tweeted it out. So, um, the timeline is like right now it's kind of, you know, you could tell people are, you could tell where people are in the story based on the things they're tweeting in very vague terms. And I think there's like a lot of mutual respect amongst the, the player base, but also people, people who don't play final fantasy 14 are also like, you know what, you know, salutes to all my final fantasy 14 homies, all you perverts out there. We show you respect and uh, <laughs> we wish you the best and like salutes to you too. It's like, damn, everyone's got like a lot of, um, a lot of goodwill, a lot of camaraderie around the launch of Endwalkers, especially with people. Uh, the only screenshots everyone, anyone is sharing is their uh, their queue times, their their uh, how much they're waiting in line to get in. Because uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, at some point, but it is hard to get in to the game just because servers are so impacted. But there was an update last night that should help alleviate some of that. Uh, but yeah, there's, uh, it's, it's basically for all you, all you, um, Marvel normies out there. Think of it as like Endgame. It's like, uh, when, uh, Marvel's, uh, was it Avengers Endgame launch, uh, launched <laughs> what the fuck when that came out in theaters, that's it's basically, li- yeah, it's literally an end game. It is literally yeah. Endwalker the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Once again, I remind everyone, I am sick on a flu shot. If I say things that don't make any sense, just run past it. It's fine. <laughs> you can just go like, oh, it Old Grandpa Imran just saying things again. Like, no, just fine. <laughs> Andrea, how has your experience with this been so far? It's been incredible. Um, and I, I think it's a lot of what, thankfully, uh, what Michael was saying too is um, I had a wedding to go to. My best friend was getting married over the weekend. So I lost two days. So this is the slowest I've ever beat an expansion. Um, and I've played early access weekend for all of them. Um, so I'm really behind. Even some of my friends that are like just kind of strolling through, like more casually enjoying it. Um, I'm still kind of behind them. Um, and so seeing everybody on the timeline be super careful um, is really nice. I even I went to take screenshots last night um, of my egg purse glamour that is hot pink um, for my character. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what have they shown in the trailer? What can I zoom in on really good so I can make sure there's like nothing in the background um, that anyone can pick up on? Because Final Fantasy 14 fans too. I mean, I know a lot of fandoms are like this, but it's like, is there a threat? Is there a rock out of misplace in the background? Like what, <laughs> what caused the rock? Like, is that a primal? Like, it's just like super super like homing in on stuff um so i've been taking extra care um to not spoil anything and even like my free company discord we have a spoiler channel which we're talking but still hiding everything like behind spoiler tags anyway so it's it's good everybody's been really considerate all things considered it's wild that like my free company also has uh we have a a channel specifically for spoilers Mm -hmm. and even then like the day before early access our free company leads were like, listen, and in, in our we have an announcements channel. And like, listen, if we're going to talk about spoilers. Use the spoiler channel, but also you need to use spoiler tags too in there <laughs> uh, because everyone's going to be at everyone wants to talk about something, but everyone's going to be at different points in the story. Um, and especially for Endwalker, it feels like every story beat is something. Uh, and like, it, um, I, I want to ask Andrea what the, the most vaguest terms possible. <laughs> Uh, or maybe you just tell me what level questing you're, you're at, but like, where are you in the, in the story? Um, I'm towards the end of the level 85 quests. Oh, okay. Then 
I, I know some things. I don't did, know did you everything, make it, obviously. But <laughs> have you unlocked the last zone yet? No, I have not. Okay. All right. So this I, is weird because I've actually seen a picture of the last zone because I do have a friend who is not nearly as careful about spoilers at all. Oh my! <laughs> so God. I see the picture and I'm like, holy shit! Oh, now what okay. if you want to play? Well, what are you gonna do? I, you know? Okay. Ron by has that no point, context. by that point, that'll get, like I'll, I've completely forgotten of what that thing looks like. It means nothing to me right now. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, art wise, that thing looks pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think like seeing the zone itself is not going to be a spoiler, but I think uh, that there's it feels like every step of the way that there's something to be in awe of. Um, so like it's not a spoiler, but like I, so another thing, too, is like I think what I started to consider was like spoiling people on the surprise of something mm -hmm. so even like oh th these groups of characters are in this place i want to take a really cool group photo with them before we go into this dungeon or whatever and then i was like wow that's such a nice photo and then i was like oh i want to share it but almost like if someone saw that I'd be like damn i wish i like knew like if someone hasn't made it to that story beat yet it's a really just for me it feels like when those things happen they they mean a lot to me and Mm -hmm. I I'm very glad I didn't know about this beforehand because there's like the element of surprise is so so uh, like precious in Enwag. <laughs> like now that I'm like getting like super super uh, like um, picky about these sorts of things, but I think like for me that that's like such a cool thing. It's like oh I didn't know that you were gonna be here too, uh, and y'all were gonna work like these characters are gonna work together, and uh, it's I think that's a really important part that I kind of like took a step back on and I'm like oh okay you know what. I don't if if I saw this, I'd be like, man, I wanna I I wanted to see that for myself. So uh, everyone has know. like different spoiler thresholds and like yeah. mm -hmm. there are things where I'd be like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like you you don't need that's not a huge spoiler. And other things like I don't even want to know what the UI looks like because I want that to be a surprise. <laughs> wow. All right, you're taking taking a little too far. Um yeah, that's what's <laughs> up. <laughs> but like, okay, why back to the, the original question? This expansion seems like a much bigger deal than the other ones. Based on my like outside looking in perspective, why is everyone losing their shit over this one specifically? Right. I, I think just the culmination of everything that it's become it, without... Uh, don't spoil anything, Andrea. Okay. Um, <laughs> whenever you... Um, looking at... This game's like what got 10 years of history almost, like a decade behind it, even like with things with 1.0 that tie in. This is all of the plot threads coming together um, and kind of winding down and wrapping up and even like small things um, that I, that, you know, that briefly were mentioned back in 2.0 or something. I'm like, oh shit, that's like, I remember that like this, you're, you're pointing at that again and all of the expansions do that. Sure. Um, but this one is, is wrapping up an era of, of a story that's really unique in the sense that how many games get to, to go on and on and on and tell what they want to talk about for almost a decade. Um, and so we're we're ending kind of the the Heidelin and Zodiac era, and that's the the two big gods in the game that we've heard of forever, and they've always been this like sort of enigmatic forces that we don't really know anything about, and we've kind of learned slowly more and more about through Shadowbringers, and now we kind of understand what they are, um, and that is coming to a head in in Walker. Um, mm. I don't know if I should say anything else other than that. Michael, what else? <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, yeah, it, it's it's really hard because I think another big deal about like why N Walker is so important too is because 
um, yes, it's it's tying up. Oh my God, I, I did a I did a stream where we just watched back all of the cinematic trailers uh, one after the other. I think that's when it sort of hit me and thinking about how far we've come, not just like as a game from 1.0 to where we are now, but story wise is that it's and Walker is such a big deal because its story is so interwoven into the like the identity of that game and the identity of a lot of its player base. Uh, it's not it, it's really wild to think of an MMORPG and think of it as maybe the most um, narratively dense Final Fantasy that there has been in like the last I don't even know. It's it is so wild, like how much N Walker is like, yes, we're trying trying to tie up story threads from 10 years worth of history. But we also have a lot more new story threads to introduce to you as well. And then once like it takes a little while for the pieces to start to fall into place in N Walker. And once they do, it it feels like it's even more uh, it's even it's an even bigger deal for those who are like dedicated and who are lore hounds for this game. Uh, so like conceptually, yes, it's it's an end to a lot of things. And I think it's really important that they like they tie this up before they move on to something else and try and maybe start anew with a, another sort of uh, story arc. Maybe there's like another over sort of sort of overhaul coming soon, but it is it is like things you thought you knew all the way back from a, like a realm reborn, heaven's word, even 1.0. It's as storm stormblood and shadowbringers especially. I got mm, no, I'm gonna stop myself. <laughs> I just I'm just gonna say that <laughs> it's a big deal because and and Walker it's. I always said that Final Fantasy XIV never forgets its history. It never forgets where, where it's been and uses that, it leverages that to make the, the subsequent story threads even more powerful. Endwalker is that times 10. And I kind of had a feeling it was going to do that based on the trailer alone, using the songs from all of the, all the theme songs from the previous expansions and even Realm Reborn. I was like, oh, I think they're trying to tell us something here. <laughs> and uh, they very much are in Endwalker, like times 10. It is it is fucking wild how much uh, Endwalker goes back to its uh, previous story threads and kind of recontextualizes a lot of that stuff. Uh, and I think it's, uh, I think everyone had kind of expected that, but I think it makes it, the way it does it makes it an even bigger deal. So you're just going to see a timeline full of Final Fantasy XIV players going, oh my God, holy shit, let's fucking go. Those, those, that's going to be all my tweets for the next seven days. So uh, that- I, I've noticed your tweets are just like, you you will say just to be like, holy shit, with like 15 exclamation marks. And then like a reply like five minutes later, like, this is an FF14 tweet, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's that's how I'm going about things. So. <laughs> but like, have you guys ever played a Tales of game out of curiosity? Yes. Many of them. Okay. <laughs> what, one of the things those games do constantly is that characters will hide things from each other and they'll be like, well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Or is she hiding something? Oh, well, we're not going to like really discuss that. That's this podcast of like, yes. oh, yeah. Well, should I say that thing? No, I'm good. We are a Tales of game right now. <laughs> it's like asking that. someone, hey, hey, is something wrong? They're like, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but one one thing that is not nothing is the wait times. How how long did it take you guys to get logged in and playing this game? Oh man, I um. So me and my partner were doing this in shifts. So like today was my day to wake up early. Um, and so I logged him in, and we didn't have to wait very long today. I don't know if last night's maintenance made a difference. Um, so I logged both of us in, and then I like text, and I'm like, okay, you can you can come get on now and like play. Um, so. It, some of the nights though have been really rough and Sunday night, I think it was like when I was getting ready for my friend's wedding, I was trying to log in and um, check my retainers because like I'm super unwell about that. So we, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to bring my laptop to get ready for your wedding and like try to log in while I'm putting on my makeup. (laughs) And it took me like three hours and it was constant disconnecting Um, and disconnecting right like right when you are next in line to get in. Mm. Um, And that's super frustrating. Um, It doesn't wear on the experience for me Um, personally. Like I expected it. Honestly, I expected it to be worse. Like I I expected stuff to just straight up be broken and not work and never let me in. Um, But it does like it sucks you know it, it sucks to constantly try to get in but what what can you do honestly like with the with the semiconductor shortage and and all of that like uh, i'm just kind of gritting my teeth and bearing it for now um i'm not like super upset or anything it's just like a bummer yeah it is I, it is weird that people are still getting mad about this in 2021 <laughs> of like there's not a whole mm-hmm. lot you can do for a launch you can't like they've, I saw their uh, Yoshida's blog the other day, or, or mm-hmm. release, or whatever. It was, what do you call it? Where he was like, "Yeah, we turned the test servers into production servers. That is unprecedented. Yeah. I've never heard of anyone ever doing that. And like, even then, yeah, you're still gonna have a lot of problems because the game is popular. You can never scale up enough. But it's, I saw the comments or the replies to that tweet. There were a lot of people being like, "I'm really mad about this. I I bought this game and can't play," which. A little understandable, but again, like Andrew, you were saying, what can you do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, there's, I think that the, the people you're going to see in those replies are going to be the ones who are mad about that because yeah. I think um, I'm, 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 a, I'm the paladin for the, the Final Fantasy 14 community. I'm out here shielding everyone. No, it's, it's more like, I think, like a lot of people are frustrated. Yoshida-san, I'm sure, I'm sure that team is uh, frustrated too, just at the fact that uh, that they have to deal with this sort of thing. But um, I think there's a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of more players who understand this sort of thing and who uh, are accounting for it. So it, it's it is it is wild though because a couple things, yeah, a couple things. Uh, Andrea mentioned was like the disconnections while in queue. I think is the most frustrating part. Like mm-hmm. I can wait. In a like, if there's like five thousand players waiting in a queue, which that itself is unprecedented for Final Fantasy fourteen, and if that takes maybe like an hour and a half, two hours, like I can be like, all right, I'm gonna get in queue like well before I plan on playing, and then um, whenever I get in, it's like okay, cool, then I can put other things aside, and since I'm in now, I'm going to focus on this. Um, it's been hard to do that because. One of the things is if server if the servers get overloaded too much, uh, they're like there's. I, I read his blog like ten times because I wrote a uh, did a, did news stories on it. Uh, but if there's like too many people, if they're overloading the servers, there are a bunch of uh, things, a lot of protocols that can go wrong and start to disconnect people because it just doesn't know what to do. So there are moments and there was a moment in which I was like 78th in line, which is like, oh, snap, I'm going to get into the next wave. And I got disconnected from there. Um, so the way it works is like if there's a if there's a queue. 
the server waits till there's a hundred uh, uh, there's room for a hundred more players, then like refreshes, and when it refreshes with with when there's a hundred uh, player room for a hundred players, it lets a hundred players in. So there have been instances in which they've been um, letting too many players in, and then it kind of crashes the queue. Or there's also the lobby server, which is the people who can get in a queue. And if that gets overloaded, then everyone gets disconnected as, or a, a number of players could get disconnected as well. So it's it, it's really weird that <laughs> it, it got to the point where I'm I'm laying on the opposite side of my bed. So when I'm logging in, I can check to see if I get disconnected, because what you can do is like there's a, there's a unspoken window of time in which if you get disconnected, it'll save your spot in line. Um, and then, so when that happens, I like shoot up out of my bed and log back in and hurry up and get, uh, try and uh, log back in. So that, that's kind of the state in which us players have been in. We've been conditioned to keep one sleep with one eye open when we're trying to, trying to queue in. But like, uh, Andrea mentioned that there's, there was server maintenance uh, last night mm-hmm. and it kind of tweaked some source code to make sure that disconnections don't happen or happen much less often. And I think that's those are the important things. And I got on last night. Uh, there was like a queue of maybe like a thousand people because it was just like a really weird time. But I was like, all right, I'm going to keep um, pay attention to this. I got no disconnections. Hopefully that uh, keeps up. Uh, but we'll see. So I know why you, Michael, and yeah, I, I know why you, Michael, need to finish this game as fast as possible because you <laughs> yeah. were like covering it. Yeah. Why do other people have to do that? Like, I is it... Just fear of spoilers? I, I, hype, I think, uh, is definitely it. I mean, it's kind of... It also, like I guess, like we've been waiting for this for a, quite a while. Like, when mm-hmm. it was announced, we were all... Everyone was, like, super hyped up. Uh, there's just... Everyone wants to see what this what this story has to offer. And maybe, maybe it is driven a little bit by... I want to make sure that I don't get spoiled by someone else uh, in that. But I think... Everyone just eager to see what see what it is, and it kind of goes back to just how, just how much how much weight is in this uh, in N Walker story that everyone is hyped up to play through the main scenario quest before anyone else because those discussions are really fun to have too. Like uh, I, the, it's it's the element of FOMO. Uh, it's it's for and especially for people like. Final Fantasy fourteen perverts like us uh, are like we're serious about this shit. <laughs> so it's like mad FOMO if I see someone else who has finished it and they're not spoiling anything, but I they're like yo yo this one moment oh my god and like I'm gonna go into the spoiler chat and talk about it. I'm like man uh, like I'm gonna sit in the corner with my arms folded like a stinny and just be like man these motherfuckers out here <laughs> fun without me god damn it. Uh, so I think I think that's the main thing also. I, I know the game was delayed about two weeks. Do, do you know why it was delayed? Like, did they ever give the exact reasoning, and do you think it paid off? Andrea, did you want to? Yeah, so it sounds like it was a QA thing. Uh, Yoshida himself, I don't even know if that's just him being like, you know, trying to put all the, the blame on himself, but he said, you know, what was it? A lot of changes that he wanted um, ended up throwing QA kind of for a loop is what it sounded like. Was that right? Yeah, yeah, it's um, specifically it was for the narrative and for writing mm-hmm. in the game. At least that's that's what he said, because he was like, yo, I think uh, we should do another pass on the script, uh, the written script to make sure that everything is airtight. 
Uh, and I think that speaks to how dedicated they are to uh, building world building and lore uh, in this game is that they in, they decided to delay or maybe it was just Yoshida-san. But regardless, the game was delayed by two weeks. Literally, like, I think it was like a yeet. Oh, oh yeet. A yeet. <laughs> a yeet. A of the game. Two one yeet. The <laughs> yeah. They gave the game two We're yeets. Del- <laughs> We're delaying the game one yeet. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like that's like we should just start measuring this. It's like how uh, in Final Fantasy fourteen everything's bombs and yams, <laughs> yeets. Uh, shit! I, I can't wait to see all this yeet in. But uh, so they wanted to tie up, or Yushi so wanted to tie up a lot of narrative threads uh, and make sure that they're they're like watertight. And yeah, again, that speaks to how much they're dedicated to making sure that they're building something that's narratively sound. And for me personally, I think. So the timing for this makes my life a little bit more complicated, but I'm mm. I'm okay with it. Like my life, I can I can say, yo, I can tell my friends, I can tell my family, I can tell y'all, I can tell John, I can tell Danielle, be like, listen, my life revolves around this right now, and everything else is secondary. Um, and I'm glad I <laughs> I can do that. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like I it, it makes things complicated. But I think the delay is worth it because I think that's the most important part for for me. And for a lot of the player base too, and that's not really something you can go back to later and clean up, right? It's like if there's a bug with a certain job and like some skills are maybe kind of out of whack, maybe they need to do balance adjustments for those things. They can always institute a patch later on. They can worry about that later. But scripting, like I, you could essentially, like, oh, well, there was like a typo and we we fix the script in this next patch, but like. First, for the players who are going through the story once, like this time, you go through, most people go through MSQ one time, uh, if not all, but you can do new, new game plus, but um, which I probably will do at some point. But your first impression for the story is like probably the most important thing. And so that's of all the things that you can kind of QA in the game, the script and the narrative aspects are kind of the things you get one shot at doing. And uh, of course, all the voice actor lines have been done. And uh, but there's a lot of unspoken cutscenes. There's a lot of um, codexes and lore and other things that uh, that can be can be tweaked in the lead up to that. And I do think it's worth it um, because that I, I don't know what to, what the extent was. They never said like, okay, we're 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 cleaning up this part of the game. We're cleaning up this thing. They just said, yo. Yoshido-san was like, listen, this is a very, this story is very important to us. I want to make sure that this is 1000% something that we want to ship. So um, whatever changes they made, whatever it is, uh, I'm sure it was worth it to, and well, Yoshida's got a lot of of clout at Square Enix to be like, if he wants something, something's going to happen. So imagine it wasn't easy for him to be like, yo, this, this biggest, the big product of Square Enix for 20 million plus players who are playing this game. I'm going to have to delay it like literally a week and a half before it, we said we were going to release it. So um, that decision, I'm sure it was not easy and took a lot of work to kind of convince folks that uh, and convince the player base that it was worth it. Um, so, yeah, it's I can imagine how hard that was. He is there a way to kickstart Yoshida a vacation like <laughs> I've only met the dude once and like we were playing blackjack and dudes really seemed like he needed a game of blackjack. But like every time I see him in a thing, he is bowing his head on a table, apologizing near tears. I, I feel so bad for him. Even as someone does not play this game, 
please, like him and Sakurai, like get the yeah, yeah, vacations, put them in one vacation, whatever, but send them to Hawaii and like let them just sit on a beach and sip Mai Tais for a couple of months. With no internet <laughs> access or something. Yeah, with no internet access. Like, <laughs> whatever's happening in Final Fantasy 14, he has no idea. No one is tweeting at Sakurai about uh, other characters. Like it's just like them being. This sounds very romantic, but it sounds like just them being alone and hanging out and not talking about video games. <laughs> We're like writing a fan fiction. Of it. Uh, but oh. that was like my first impression of him, too, was, was that the, just that figure um, of him being super dedicated and honest. Um, it really tra- like transparent to like a surprising degree um, about the game. And that, that's like that's what my partner does for a living. Like he does server things uh that's the scientific name for it i'm sure um but whenever he was like explaining their process and how they couldn't get this to work in the cloud and that to get in like that's why the infrastructure sucks and all those other terms that i don't know um he was like i'm really shocked that they talk about these kind of things like these are things that he Mm -hmm. would never be willing to say even for like a business that has nothing to do with whatever like games or anything he was like these are all things that I would not be honest about because I don't want to cause like the shitstorm of questions and all of that after for anybody that has like a little bit of experience with those things Um, but he was just kind of like shocked to to the degree at which Yoshida would speak um, to some of those things especially to in like a public setting yeah, it's very transparent. Even like, I think that does a good job too. Cause like, I was at uh, the Fan Fest a couple of years ago, and everyone I talked to was like, oh, we love Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Any other problem we have with the game, whatever. But like, we, we fucking love Yoshida. And I think a lot of that is because he, he is a very straight shooter. I, I think he said something recently about Final Fantasy 16 that was like, yeah, we could show it. We're just, it's not ready to show yet. And I think like, Oh wow, they're actually talking about Final Fantasy 16 in a way that makes it sound like humans make it and it didn't just come from space. Mm-hmm. And that's also like how FF14 from the again, the outside looking in seems to work to me. Yeah, that's I think <laughs> so the thing about him being like too transparent is like he spent the dedicated the dedicated part of so I was covering FanFest when I was at GameSpot and there was a the section of, of the of of the present main presentation was about the number the numbered scaling in the, like the in the damage and the HP and all this other stuff and the, the how ex uh, how uh, experience points works in the game and that was like almost an hour long explaining <laughs> what they're doing for number scaling and tomorrow was in my my Slack like yo what is this man what is man's talking about <laughs> like why it was like listen you don't understand like this this dude is going to explain everything and it also shows in like the, his blog posts about the server problems that. It's enough. It would be enough for a developer to be like, hey, look, we know that there's a lot of server issues. We're on the case and we recognize it. And this is what we're going to do. This is what we're doing. Uh, so, like, hold on. Uh, like, you would see that from a dev and be like, oh, okay, like, good on them, I guess, for at least acknowledging this and like being proactive and uh, what they can do uh, at, to fix this. But Mans is out here to like, listen, okay, if you get an error 200 in 2002, this is what's happening. This is uh, this is how the, how the process works. This is what we're going to fix. So, uh, and if this happens, make sure you do this. Okay, if you get an error 3003, three, 3, this is what you get. I'm like, yo, okay, cool. This is great because you give me, you gave me everything for a new story. <laughs> like, I can be like, yo, I, I know exactly what's happening with the servers. Everyone come read my story. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, Yoshida-san explained everything uh, mm. for that, um, but also when I when I I've interviewed him uh, several times uh, when I was at Gamespot, and I think every time you ask him a question, he oh my god, there was I asked him 
because so uh, I only had like 45 minutes for a certain interview I did for him. And I asked like one question. And he took like 30 minutes to answer it. And be- because he was so thorough and I was like, hey, listen, um, you know, the story stuff. I see this connection right here. Tell me about like what, what y'all are trying to do with this. And he was like, all right, listen, son, um, you sit down. I, I got some shit to tell you. <laughs> it, it was like that kind of attitude. And he just like kept going on, which is great for me because I'm like, I'm like super interested in this. But I also like looking at my list of questions like, oh, fuck, what do I got to cut? What do I got to cut? Oh, I really wanted to ask him this. So, I, yeah, it's um, he tells me he told me stories about like him and Silken going out for drinks um, but also telling me about like workplace stuff and how <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's not great at like, uh, setting boundaries for himself, uh, because mm. he talks, he talked to me about like, um, the ways in which, uh, that how for him, uh, that he has people tell him that they have like HR things in place that kind of noti- like not notifies HR, but like they, they have ways to track, they have a certain way to track hours and people will bring that up uh, kind of like how we do at Fanbyte, how like Daniel at, at Fanbyte uh, uh, does where she checks in like, hey, uh, I see that you're working a lot. You should probably, you know, not work so much. Uh, we see that you're like your hours are in the red, a.k.a. A- a- you've worked more than 40 hours this week. So, uh, you know, you're going to you should probably uh, take off or something like that. And then Yoshi is like, yo, I'm bad as fuck at that. Uh, <laughs> so I just be working. Uh, and uh, but I think. At least, you know, from his account, he's like, that's that's on me. That's what that's how I work. But I will, and he's always said, like, I want people to uh, like know that there's more to life than the game. So uh, and he's said, like, oh, I want staff to make sure that they're uh, taking care of themselves, and all this stuff. But uh, I'm pretty sure that there's like an element of crunch to everything in game development. Like uh, it's, I don't know, it w- wouldn't surprise me at all if there's like, uh, there's, there's crunch going on, especially with like Japanese work culture, uh, and things like that. Um, but, uh, the man's himself is, uh, very dedicated to this sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it shows okay. in many ways, like, uh, fans love him. Uh, I think, I think he's like one of the coolest dudes I ever got to talk to for interviews. Um, but that dude is on Sakurai levels of needing to take care of yeah. himself. <laughs> Please just take it. Like next FF fourteen expansion is just like Yoshida goes to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, do you? If you guys played Mario sixty four, this has a pro- point. I promise. Yes. Yes. You know, at the very beginning of that game, where Mario like to get a star has to like stomp down on a post the chain chomp is attached to, and like let the chain chomp free. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I'm gonna do right now because I don't know enough about FF fourteen to keep this conversation going. Yes. <laughs> I want yes. you guys to talk about FF14 in the uh, way that FF14 nerds talk about it. Okay. I Andrea, okay. I want to know everything about your Final Fantasy 14 journey. I'm like oh my God. always excited to hear how people have engaged with the game, mm-hmm. like with the things that they love about it, why they're drawn to it. And especially for you, because I started following you uh because you were at when you were at the gamer, and I was like, oh shit, she's one like like Imran said, one of us. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I, I want to I wanna hear about like what's uh, what your deal is with uh, 14. Yeah, so I tried originally when it was 1.0 and I played that game for like a whole day maybe um, before I was like, nah, this, I don't even understand how the UI works. Like I'm really confused and it kept crashing on me. So that was that. Um, I did not go back again until 
2.0 in the beta whenever, um, and I played it on my PlayStation 3, and that was um, not great. Uh, It was rough. Um, But yeah, no, I've played since since it came out in A Realm Reborn, um, and I've kind of, I I, I talked about this the other day and then ended up writing some about it, um, about how it's a game that has been with me for so long um, that I can define like life moments by what I was doing in this game. And I guess if, <laughs> if we're just going to be like totally open about like how shameful we are, um, I can say that. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like it came up because someone asked me how old my dog was. And I was like, well, I got, he was a day old because he was a rescue and I had to bottle feed him and he came out. I got him. He came out. Oh my God. Uh, he did come <laughs> out the day after uh, Heaven's Ward Early Access began. So he's six. Um, it was like, wow, that I have no idea what you're talking about, but good for you. And your dog <laughs> is six. Um, so, but, but that's how I like remember a lot of things. <laughs> Where was I mm-hmm. when this happened in the game? Um, mm-hmm. And so every major expansion, I don't know, I, I've been there for it and I've celebrated it to a point where it's like, I don't. I, I want to say like, oh, it's not great to have a relationship with a game like this. Like, that's probably not good. But I've made so many friends through it. I've made mm-hmm. professional like developments through it. I've I met my partner in it, and like we just got a house together. Like, it's um, yeah. <laughs> I met him in Heaven's Ward um, during Aww. Creator Raid Tier. So <laughs> that's how I met him. Um, but yeah, it's just it's meant a lot in a lot of ways, and I, I've grown closer to a lot of friends in it and I enjoy kind of everything with it. Like I'm super obsessed with the lore, like Mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, people, my my partner asked me the other day to explain something to him and I started crying while I was explaining it to him. He's like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Are you like down in a bad way right now? It's like, I'm Mm -hmm. fine. (laughs) Like um, crafting, gathering, raiding. Like I love it. Um, I love all of it. I just got into like doing the ultimates now. Um, oh my God! I, you are you are at a different level. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't try that. Well, I tried them a little bit when uh, Ukop came out. Uh, Bahamut, mm-hmm. Unending Coil of Bahamut. Um, but mm-hmm. I was no good at that, so I dropped it real fast. But but now I'm I'm doing them. Um, but I, my journey, like I guess that's the TLDR of it. But just mm-hmm. having something that is so old in the sense that it can. Like it's kind of grown with me a lot. Um, it feels let me be like super, super like corny and say it does feel like coming home whenever you you go back to it and there's a big update yeah, and you yeah. play. It's yeah. it's comforting like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I I share all of that uh that that you feel as well. But I've I've only been playing for like two and a half years. I started in February 2019 mm-hmm. as like, oh um, I gotta give a shout out to my boy uh, Ben Jenka over at GameSpot. Because um, he was the one who was kind of like, yeah, this is like a really good time. Uh, you should give it a try. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I love Final Fantasy. Let me see what's up with this. Um, and I, I tried it in the free trial. I was like, yo, this is fun. Like <laughs> then that, so that that coming home feeling where whenever I would log in is like, I want to be here. This is a place I want to be. Uh, I got that feeling early on because a lot of the zones just felt like really cool. Like log, like going to Ulda and just like hearing that the, the Ulda theme is like it's like uplifting. And then Grindania is just like this very Lord of the Rings type uh, Shire place that's just like, oh, it's, the water is flowing. The trees are uh, like creating a shroud around this area. It just looks beautiful. And then Limsa Lomensa with all the cat girls in, uh, in scantily clad clothing and the, the, the shirtless dudes 
shirtless lizard dudes hanging out there too, dancing and the big Rogan men dancing as well on being bards. Like there's so much, uh, so much surrounding, so much culture surrounding the game that uh, immediately drew me in. I was like, you know what, this is something I should invest in. And then I got to the end of uh, the patch quest for Realm of Born. I was like, oh, I am 1000% in this shit. So uh, and my journey is like similar to yours, but it's been accelerated <laughs> in, a, in a like condensed in a three year period, I guess. Um, and I think for me, it was very much like there's a lot of uh, and I, I say this often is that I think the um, the the tone of the story kind of sets the tone for the fan base and that the story is very uh, has a like focus on humanity and the like taking care of each other. There's a, like a big sense of uh, camaraderie and togetherness in the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's reflected in how most of the players or like a good size of the players that kind of conduct themselves uh, around the game. So uh, that that's, that's something I, I find very special in it. And I think the Final Fantasy 14 does something where, so being an MMORPG kind of limits the ways in which it can tell story for, right? Like you can't, mm-hmm. like a, a zone, a zone is going to be a zone no matter how long the game goes on because there are vendors there, there's the market board. Like this zone is going to exist, like has to exist. So like this, this these places are safe in a way and you kind of like suspect that like, mm, they can only do so much with how the world kind of, changes along with the story because it's because it's an MMORPG and it has to these these worlds have to persist in some fashion. Um and I think this game kind of uh looks at that and says, okay, those are our limitations, but we'll we'll accept that. But since we're an MMORPG, we can do all this other shit that other games cannot do. And I think that really started to hit once I got to Shadowbringers. I'm like, oh, okay. Um like they for Shadowbringers, I think what they did with the skybox as a narrative device was like extremely powerful for giving that sense of that game a sense of progression and a sense of like changing the world state. Uh, but also what it did to contextualize fighting by the side of other players was like you can never do this in any other RPG. Like you just can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so like the game understanding its limitations and understanding that it can do different things was such a powerful thing to me and i and it makes it very unique uh, and as someone who loved jrpgs since day one or when i was like a wee lad um uh I, like i've played these games so many times and i'm still impressed time time again with uh narrative narrative aspects of the various jrpgs i played through the years but nothing quite like final fantasy 14 it is so unique in that and uh, I'm I'm never gonna let that like <laughs> Andre. You said like oh it's kind of embarrassing uh, the, the degree to which uh, we've placed kind of a lot of emotional weight into this game. Mm-hmm. Like there came a point when I was like nah fuck that shit. Like every everyone who like is dedicated to this game feels the same way. I'm not embarrassed of it. Fuck it. Like this 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 is our shit. Uh, and like let's get other people on to uh, enjoy that as well because it is it it's, it's certainly a time investment, but it is. Like we can talk about how unique uh, it fourteen is in this realm of RPGs, but um, it's different when when you actually play through it yourself uh, and see that kind of thing unfold. Um, so that's kind of that's the broad uh, strokes for me as well. Um, is there a moment? Uh, I, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit. Maybe it was. Uh, can you say? Do you? Is there a defining moment where you feel like okay, it's got its hooks in? Like it was there just like a big. Yeah reveal or something and you were like damn all right 
<laughs> uh, I, I want to hear this from you as well after <laughs> after I because I, I, I think that that says a lot about what the, what players care about too. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really cool. Um, so the, the first the first thing uh, I, I think I mentioned earlier was the ending to the patch quest for Realm Reborn that goes into Heavensward, mm-hmm. kind of like when like shit start, like happens uh, with um, the Crystal Braves and Alphino's group of. <laughs> Uh, of um, warriors who are going to defend Eorzea. And it's like, <laughs> you thought, little boy, sit down. Um, and just that that moment of things are changing. Like you finish a realm of born, like, yo, we fucking saved the, save the land. You know what I'm saying? We're chilling. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Like this is, this is the direction y'all are going. I'm, that's when I was like, that was when I was vested. And I was like, oh, I'm like super interested in how everything goes. I think the... The final boss fight in Heaven's Word, when uh, depending on where you are, I kind of or other folks who might be listening to this who have started the game, like this is another thing too. You got to be careful about how you talk about earlier content, yeah, because so many people have started it and are becoming invested in it that things in Heaven's Word are like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't say that. Uh, but there's th- that last boss fight. I think it's in the patch quest when before you're you're on the steps of faith and. Uh, um, the and the dragon song is playing, and it's the ballad uh, with the vocals, and I was just like, "Holy shit! Like, this is this is a moment in the game uh, that that's uh, trying to tell me something." It, I could feel the weight of this conflict uh, kind of bearing down on my warrior flight, um, and then I think once the things pieces start to fall into place for Stormblood, when I realized what Stormblood was trying to do was kind of empowering two countries who have been colonized for many, many years, who have been almost wiped of their culture and kind of working with their leaders in a very rogue-like sense. Oh, not rogue. Sorry, I shouldn't say that in a video game podcast. Um, <laughs> and um, what is it? What's the what's the word? Uh, I guess like covert or clandestine uh, sort of way, uh, being like very scrappy about it. It's like, oh, we're going to like, we're going to work with the whoever, like the people the, uh, are, who are left fighting for Alamigo uh, at the same time, we're going to go over to Doma and kind of work with them there. And we're going to do kind of a two-pronged approach to liberate these lands. And especially for Alamigo, which has like been in the lore since 1.0. And you've kind of only known them as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a people and as a country who have been conquered and kind of been, uh, they've, their culture has been stolen. And in that moment when you kind of, once you actually do it, and everyone's like singing the national national anthem, getting wild nationalistic, and uh, you see Rao Bond there too, and it's just like, holy shit! Like, damn, we really we does this. It's like, damn, you look at your homie, and like, yeah, we did it, man, we fucking did it. Uh, that's what that felt like, and um, I think there's a lot of moments in in Stormblood, uh, especially around Doma, where I kind of like soaked in the environment and listening to the music was just like this very calming. It's like this very common thing and calm calming. Thing. And then when you fight that last, again, I'm kind of uh, retract myself, but uh, that last fight um, with uh, Tsukiyomi, um, who I won't say, like, who the character is related to, uh, like, hearing that, hearing Wayward Daughter, that the theme song to that boss fight, and it using kind of the late motifs from, uh, from Yangsha. And uh, the, the kind of the music around that character's story, it was this moment of like realizing how the lengths at which Final Fantasy XIV goes to tell its story in various fa- various ways. It's not just dialogue between characters. It's not just like lore books or um, scripts you have to read or anything like that. 
it's this is a game that has a lot of its story told through music as well. And I think that's like final, everyone loves Final Fantasy soundtracks for different reasons too. Uh, but 14 in particular with Masayoshi Soken, I think he's so in tune with what's happening in the game and understands what the game is trying to say. And is part, in a way, I think he's he is very much part of the narrative process in the, the music that he creates. And I kind of always felt that, especially in Heaven's Word, but it didn't really like hit me until until that fight in in Stormblood. And I talked to Natalie about um, this uh, particular aspect of the game too, and she's covered it. And then we're just like in both in agreement, like yeah, this is when kind of uh, I guess fourteen. It felt like fourteen understood what it would. Um, like the most powerful aspects of its uh, narrative. And then I think like Shadowbringers was such a, a powerful moment for me personally, because the end of that game, I like literally, I played on Thanksgiving break. Uh, I was, I got to the, I finished Shadowbringers at Thanksgiving break 2019. And those last few moments, that last trial boss fight, and the cutscenes leading up to the last boss fight, I like stood up from my seat and was like, oh my God, holy shit, <laughs> let's fucking go. And thankfully, the part my partner who I was living with at the time uh, was like, uh, she was uh, away for vacation. So I was at home by myself and I was just like, I was just like fist pumping the air, walking around my apartment, flexing and shit like, yo, let's fucking go. Let's do this shit. Oh, I was like so fucking hype for the end uh, at the end of Shadowbringers and just Again, it's like the way it uses music leading up to the last boss fight and like hearing the Shadowbringers theme play uh, as you queue up for it and the the scenery surrounding it. I'm like, oh, these motherfuckers. And then, all right, the last thing I'll mention is 5.3. I think I talked about this. Uh, I talked, I, I <laughs> it was like, it was past midnight, but I, I did, I, when I was doing the stream to watch back a lot of the trailers, watch a 5.3 trailer. Um, and I get very emotional about 5.3. Like it's probably, it's probably my favorite chunk of video game experience like ever. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Oh my God. And, and for me, it's like, I think it it came at a very hard time in my life. And I think, uh, I look like crystal Exarch had become like one of my favorite characters of all time. And fuck, this is really stupid too. I had to say goodbye. Uh, like, um, I, I had to move out. Uh, I was going through a breakup and, and, uh, I also had to, I, I, like, I couldn't take our cat, uh, and I, I play a cat girl <laughs> and, uh, the, it turns out the crystal X arc, if you know, is, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he's, he's on the cover of N Walker, but he's a cat boy. And I just like really love, but I love my warrior of lights so much. Uh, and I, I love the crystal X arc, uh, as well. They mean a lot to me or he means a lot to me. Uh, and like and then my cat is sleeping next to me as as I finish five point three and I'm looking at her mm. like in a week I'm never gonna see you again, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's like that's like a small part of it though but like uh, like five point three and also like damn my bad for going on but no you're good please last thing. keep going <laughs> uh, I swear like the the last thing uh, I guess I'll mention is that five point three hit f- for a very specific uh, reason back when it came out in August uh, twenty twenty. Now, when I look back on it, it hits for a completely different reason. And it's because back at FanFest, if y'all are watching, like uh, Machiosu Shulkin, Shulkin was talking about how he was uh, diagnosed with cancer right when pandemic hit. And he was going through cancer treatment during the development process for 5.3. And um, like 
uh, and obviously him being the composer, he's the one who created the song To The Edge, which is the final boss theme. Uh, when you are fighting, well, oh, who I will not say, but that boss fight is such an impressive piece of, uh, such an impressive piece of video game because of uh, not just like its boss fight mechanics, but the way in which it uses uh, like cinematic elements throughout the fight. Uh, in the middle of you panicking to d- dodge AOEs and make sure you're on top of your attack rotation, and the how much how much lore and how much story is embedded in just that fight alone. Um, it's it's pretty wild, but that song that to the edge is kind of it's very much about coming to terms with the end um, and accepting that things will end. And uh, in in the context of the story, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this makes perfect sense. These lyrics are really hidden. It really embodies what you're fighting for and what your what your enemy is fighting for. And you're just clashing in this final moment. The song is perfect. It's hype. It's emotional. It says something about the world. And then. When you think about like Soken writing this as he's going through like realizing like he's been diagnosed with cancer and he has to go through cancer treatment and like this song talking about coming to terms with the end is like it's fucking wild. And then for me, I think what the the theme song for Emerald has like a ticking clock. And like I just got so I just got open heart <laughs> surgery and I got a mechanical heart valve. And I can he I have for the rest of my life, I'm gonna live with hearing a ticking clock in my body. Like you can hear it. If I'm in a room with somebody, they can hear it too. I don't know if like Jordan's gonna listen to this recording back, but you can literally hear it in podcast recordings because the microphone is like close to me. I was uh, I recorded what was it? Uh, TFTK with John, and I listened back to my own audio just the uh, just cause. And then in the moments where he was talking, you can't hear my recording. I could hear the ticking of my heart, and like it's that loud. Um, and then I think about like. The Amarat theme and the ticking clock and the story of uh, of that of those people, and then to the edge uses like the intro. You can hear it like it uses that same uh, ticking clock from the Amarat theme, and you know the song being about coming to terms with the end and realizing that you know if I didn't get open heart surgery, I could have like I would be I would be dead in a couple years probably. And mm-hmm. now when I listen to that song. It's just like holy shit, man! Like all of these things are coming together for just this one, this one moment. I thought I had like a relationship with. It's completely different now, and I don't know. I'll, I'll never let like let that go. And then the the final monologue from the Crystal X art is like probably the best writing that I've ever like seen in fourteen and maybe in video games. Oh, it's so good. Uh, just because I I love that character and that in- incredible voice acting. Uh, the voice actor that, who. Uh, for, at least for English, um, for uh, Crystal Exart, and just how his, like how uh, his characterization is so hopeful. And usually, I don't gravitate towards characters like that. But there's something about his story throughout Shadowbringers, where like the lengths at which he's going to sacrifice himself, and uh, how he's like okay with that, and how comfortable he is with it, and he, he does everything with a smile on his face throughout that whole thing. And then the way in which it ties back to A Realm Reborn in the Crystal Tower Raid series, like, yo, th- narrative, the, narr- the narrative team at for Final Fantasy XIV is thinking, like, not one step ahead. They're thinking, like, ten steps ahead. Uh, and, like, when all those things kind of fall into place, I was just, like, so impressed that no, no other game is going to be able to do this unless they're invested for a decade of storytelling. Uh, so, I don't know. That's... Uh, 
How about you, Andrea? I, I love I, that. I was going to say before, like, before you go to Andrea, Michael, that story got me choked up. Me and too. I have like little frame of reference for oh, what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a mess right now because of how much uh, I, how many things I have going on in my life. But um, that's the I guess that's the, the best I can tell. Like, I literally had a thought during that. I was like, I should send Michael a picture of the cats just <laughs> like to cheer him up to make him feel better. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm like I'm obsessed with everyone else's cats on Twitter. I'm like, oh my god, look at the baby tiger, it's so cute. Oh, <laughs> but I love that for you. I, like five point three. I, I don't know. I think that makes and it's why I have such trouble articulating why I love five point three. And I, I realize like I think we have a lot of the same, not for the same reasons, obviously, but but a lot of the same like enchantment with it um, because of the writing in particular um, and kind of how it can speak to some some really difficult times. Um, I, I had, um, I think a lot of 5.3 is dealing with grief um, and kind of like you were saying and and, and thinking about um, Soken in particular, um, like dealing with cancer and, and uh, the frame of reference that we have now is extremely different for 5.3 now. And when I look back at 5.3, it was very special to me at the time. Um, but now there is a moment, the person who speaks right before what you were saying, the, the very hopeful person, um, and they are grieving like very, very intensely. Um, and I feel that this year, like very hard and 5.3, like as, as silly as it may sound, it has become something that when I feel like I need like that cathartic feeling to like go back and I need someone to articulate those feelings for me whenever I can't myself, um, I watch that monologue and it like helps yes. me get the good cries out because I'm like that he feels how I feel right now. Um, and there is a line, and I think about it all the time um, whenever I think about grief, um, and that, that that game has helped me cope with that and, and find a way to to speak to that. Um, and and I think I don't I think it's incredible in trying to stop with my feeling of shame of oh my god like I'm way too emotionally attached to this, but it, it, I think <laughs> yeah. it's incredible that like you have that and that we have like something that can um, help coax out that good cry or provide that like comforting pat on the back. And I think 5.3 will always be so wildly special in that way that I can't imagine anything ever topping it for me personally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously I feel the same. It's just like, as time goes on too, it's like, it, it just gets it just, it, like those moments just get better and better yeah. when I think about it. Um, and just, I love how, how, def, like how definitive, uh, like that, that, that kind of story arc ends. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, like we're putting in, well, I mean, we'll see when I finish Endwalker, but it, it, it being contained as its own thing. It's like, yeah, this is, this is the end of Shadowbringers as a whole. And, uh, they, I think a lot of folks said this, like if final fantasy 14 as a whole ended, after that cutscene in Mordona uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the very end, and then you overlook the Crystal Tower, and it's playing one of the original pieces of music from t- uh, 2.0. Uh, it, like if the game ended right there, I think I feel like all of us would have been like very satisfied. Would have been like, you know what, this is one of the greatest games of all time, absolutely, and one of like be- the best story in Final Fantasy, and that's it. Um, that's how good it was, and like just how well constructed it was, and then. Uh, Ta-da, you got Xenos and Fan Daniel fucking about. <laughs> and now we're at Endwalker. Uh, but I guess 
as I'm as I'm working through Endwalker, I think I'm starting to uh that they're starting to kick in like the heavy heavy lore stuff in which it's starting to kind of make you think about uh everything previously in a different light. Yeah. Like they they're very good at not at not um what is it? They're not uh like retrofitting anything. They're not walking mm-hmm. any story threads back, but they're continually building on them in a way that's like I don't know. A lot of the things that happened in the past in the past expansions are great on their own and they're great for what they are and that's it. Like if if that if they never vi- revisited any of those story threads, it's like cool, great. We closed the book on this. In a way like you almost it, when games try to maybe go back and uh reference those things or try and add more to, uh layers onto those things, you can you might feel like ah, you, you closed the book on that. You don't need to go back to that. But there's something about Endwalker in which it kind of it's in a way enhancing a lot of those things that we had already experienced uh and kind of providing a lot of lot of clarity and it's it's like those those story threads were already great on their own but now it's like they're watertight in terms of like how they fit into the world and why they happened um a lot of the things that i uh, attributed to just like i don't know it's final fantasy and there's ether and these kinds of things happen because there's ether and ether can do anything if you know how to manipulate it uh and it's like okay cool like if that's your understanding of it, that still makes sense in, in that world. But how about we we dig deeper into that? And I think there's a lot of that in Endwalker that I'm really, really digging. There are hours I'm spending in this game, and I am have not engaged in combat. Uh, like I think it was about like four hours into Endwalker in the beginning until I actually gained any sort of uh, experience points from battle. Uh, and I'm in a point where I'm just not doing any combat, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Like it's uh. Shit, why was I talking about that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, but to speak to what you're saying, like some, um, I think what is so cool about the story um, in a sense is that like, so I have some friends that like aren't super like obsessed with the lore like me, like, and that's totally fine. And probably they live much healthier lives. Um, but like, <laughs> it's, I love that it's rewarding for the sense that you can be like, okay, like I just accept that this is because of it's magical, like that the world is magical and this, this and that. And, you know, they didn't play random side quest from 2.0 where someone said this 10 paragraphs in, and you know, like I've got that highlighted in a screenshot, like in 30 other tabs open of like Wikipedia pages. And I've got the, the encyclopedias beside me and like a ton of mm-hmm. other crap going on. And there's all these like little rewarding nods to, to moments like that. Like if you're super like unwell into it, like you're treating it like it's a college class, like there's a, a lot of really good bits. Um, and if you're not, and you're just like, I'm playing through the MSQ and that's fine there, it's still <laughs> so good and so enjoyable. It does not expect that level um, of dedication to it. Um, mm-hmm. And I appreciate that because God, I don't even think it would be that popular, obviously, if it expected that but but i think that's what's so cool about it is that it can somehow juggle both without being overly complex yeah i i I definitely feel you on that and uh i think if if, i feel like endwalker is kind of uh in a way a love letter to those who want to dig deep into those sorts of things yeah Uh, i'm sure you've experienced like some uh some element of that so far even though you're about like i guess halfway through or mm-hmm. not even like i thought i thought i was halfway through <laughs> i'm like oh this is this is this is gonna take a while i need to i, I need to take some time aside because i thought i was like you know i'm gonna power through it i'm gonna get to this and then the game was like hey you thought uh let's uh, sit down because we're it's, it's story time um 
but yeah, uh, I think at least the point I'm at is kind of if you had any, if you have attachments to the recent developments in the story, especially in Shadowbringers, it's like, like damn, like this is, uh, it's a uh, fuck. I can't say anything. Shit, <sighs> that's as much as I'll say about that. But uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's just wild how every expansion has led into this in in a way, yes. and I, like it. it, it it, you're, you're almost kind of hesitant when games don't want to move on. Uh, and final, I, I think that's why Endwalker is so important because this is uh, like they can, after this, it feels like, okay, we can move on now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the game needs to do that. Uh, and, but we, we need to, we, how do I say this? It's like, it's it, in a way, it's kind of like, this is the last time they can go back to those wells, um, but they have to go back to those wells. And we want to, like this is the one thing that we want out of Final Fantasy fourteen, and they are delivering that. And after this, it's like okay, now we can uh, move on to other things. Um, so that's why I think Endwalker is so important, and why like this, its narrative arcs are so important is because the the emotional investment that we have into this is like uh, it's it's pretty high. But um, again, like there are still things to wrap up uh, for for us or for for those who care about the story. And it has to be done in a very particular way for it to make sense. And Endwalker is very much doing that. Um, so there, there are some things I feel that are a little, little weird about like the first half of the game in terms of uh, how, it, how it executes on certain things. Mm-hmm. But the things it does right, which is a lot of them, is, ah, oh my God, it's, it's just, it's incredible. It is just like walking into, um, walk, just like walking to old Charlie and, and just like, Going into Old Charlene and being like, I've heard about this place forever. Everyone talks yes. about this place. This is where all my friends are from. And we've never been there. Especially for like Alice and Alphano. Like they've been with me since well, obviously 2.0. And then the things that happened around their gra- grandfather. Everyone knows. Shall everyone pour one out for Louis Swa Levier, <laughs> uh, who saved the world from utter destruction all the way back in 1.0. Um, it's like, oh, this is where they're from. This is their home. I'm literally walking into their home, and there's there's a cutscene early on, uh, in, at their home, and like I teared up in that because it's like, yo, these are my best friends, dog. And like this is the first time I'm meeting like yeah, going into your house and meeting your parents, like, and yo, your dad's a piece of shit too. Wow, I can relate so much. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, it it has that momentous uh thing, and it's really and Walker's really warm. It's very, it's so, it's goofy. It's really goofy. Uh, and it, it's just it's it's overly sentimental in a way that I love. <laughs> there, there's a uh, lot of that. Um, I wrote. Oh my god, I have like ten pages of notes already of like rambling. But I have one oh. thing highlighted, and it says, "Wow, they all really love each other, don't they?" Um, and I've I've always gotten that vibe, sure. But now it there's a lot of moments where it's like these people like it, they're not like just comrades. Like I know they talk about that, but. They are definitely like they're they're a family, like a, a found family for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it, it kind of ties back into like how it's wrapping things up mm-hmm. uh, in that. Well, like finally we get to go to your home and see what your home is about, and uh, and I I, I, le- re- I really like Thavnir a lot too. Um, like this is a place yeah. that we've also heard of a little bit, but no one necessarily has a direct connection there. But early on, you you build a very strong uh, rapport with the the people there and you kind of like understand their culture and uh very quickly and 
and once you get to Radzahan, which is the kind of their their home, like their home, the capital of Thavnir, and the music that plays and just how huge that city is, but how much of their culture is on display mm-hmm. in the environmental design is like, I like they're 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 big on like the people of Thavnir are big on um, like clothing and um, like. <sighs> They're like weavers and stuff, but like it's it's very much rooted in Indian and South Asian culture. Uh, that's where they draw like almost all their influences from. Like all of the voice actors uh, for the people of Thavnir are have um, Asian or have a South Asian or Indian accents, um, and I think it makes it um, it's very it makes it very good on or how do I say it? They make good on that aspect of uh, world building in Thavnir, and it just. It just screams at you once you get there, like, wow, this is such an incredible place to live. I feel like I I know what they do and how they are here. And all the characters you talk to leading up to that moment of like they're they're such a welcoming uh people and they share a lot and they they have the same goals as you, but and it feels like right off the bat, it's like, oh, I fuck with these people heavy. Um I don't know. It's like N Walker's got like early on just got like so many. So many great moments. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you feel, Andrea, about like some of the some of the other aspects in the beginning, but I, the things it does really well, it just really nails. Yeah, uh, there are some. There's not story beats that I have an issue with early on. There's the way it was done. I have an issue mm-hmm. with, which maybe we can talk about later. Uh, I won't get into it too mm-hmm. much. There yeah. is. Um, I love Thavenir. Like I, I love a lot of these places because they're places that we heard about. I mean, do we consider something shown in a trailer? Spoiler. I mean, like. A, uh, I mean, there's. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that. I'll allude to <laughs> yeah. it. Like, there's a place that we go to, um, a snowy hill that we we know has always been bad, um, but but there are people that if you do some side content and not even just side content, I mean, like they're, they're in the main story too, but they've spoken mm-hmm. to how bad this place is. Um, mm-hmm. And you get there and you see it and it's horrific and, and very sad. Um, and I was like, damn, that's really good. And then there's some like mechanical moments like, oh, that's not very good. But. <laughs> oh my God. Let me tell you, let me tell you about tailing machines. <laughs> oh my God. If someone else tells me to follow one more person, I'm going to fuck up. I right click the Assassin's oh, yeah. Creed problem right there. Yeah, I like I, I go to right click follow them, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense, and I can't even do it. Um, but <laughs> it drives me nuts. But I will say, I do still really like the story there a lot. Yeah, uh, Garlemald. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that. okay, cool. Yeah, we can say it then. I was like, damn, uh, I don't know yeah. if it's the spoiler <laughs> to say when it comes up or not. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, oh, yeah. Garlemald was in the preview. Yeah, so yeah. It's like can... <laughs> it's there. We know it's there. Um, and they've told us a million times we're going. So I mean, like, who cares? I guess. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, getting there. Um, and there are people. You know, like Sid has spoken to how bad it is. Lucia has spoken to how bad it. Is. Like, there mm-hmm. are these people that have been telling you since like 1.0 um, how bad it is. Um, yeah, uh, I think. I'll, I know Jordan's saying to wrap up. Oh, yeah. So this is going to be my this be my last thing. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you guys. As a problem. It's like oh, this oh, yeah. is really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, we should probably wrap it up. Like, yeah. Your yeah, last yeah. thing, Michael. <laughs> yeah, my last thing. The thing about Gar- Garlemald is like I, I struggle with it a little bit because, um, like 
I had mentioned the liberation of Alamigo and Doma mm-hmm. and the Garlean Empire had like basically had conquered those lands. And so like I have no love for for the Garlean Empire, mm-hmm. for Garleans, right? Uh, so when you get there and you just see how how uh, bad things are and it's like, for me, I'm, I'm, I guess the, the, I guess this speaks to what the game is trying to do, but it's challenging. It's challenging my empathy for 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 Garleans, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I quickly had like this realization. It's like, I mean, there's there's a difference between your like like the ruling class and the people who live happen to live in that country, right? Uh, so. And I, I went there. And I'm like, yeah, fuck Garlings. We, we, we like, we, we, we're, we're gonna to, like, we're gonna save whoever's left, and then like keep it moving, right? Uh, and then you go there, and they have like all the people have like are very suspect of you. And it's like to me, I'm constantly saying like, man, it was your people who went over and conquered Doma, who conquered Alamigo, mm-hmm. and oppressed those people. So like, why are you getting mad at me for? It? And then I. <laughs> These are thoughts. I wasn't saying this out loud. Um, and I kind of thought about like the United States of America and like how fucked up the U.S. like how fucked up our history is and like our governments and what the, the, the horrific things that the government has done with using our military. And I kind of thought of that, too. It's like, like, damn, I didn't have anything to do with what for all, all the, the shitty history of the country that I live in. Uh, it's just I happen to be born here, mm-hmm. and um, and it's just like who, who, where where I live and where I come from, and then I think a lot of the moments in the in Garlemald are kind of uh, struck me with that. Where I was like, these aren't like these aren't like high up officers in like the Garlean Empire military, or whatever. Uh, they're just people who happen to live here, and uh, they live in a fucked up place too. Even if things were okay there, it's like yo, they're constantly living below freezing. Uh, so I'd be pissed off too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, it's it, it's really interesting that like Garlemald is a place we've uh, again another place that we've heard all about for so long and have encountered uh, like we've encountered their military so many times and finally go there and see their shit completely wrecked and the only thing left is the people who happen to live there is uh, that was a really challenging thing. I, I think they could have done some of the story beats in there a little bit better mm-hmm. or kind of maybe contextualize them a little bit better. But overall, I think it was a really important thing uh, to address. And I can't wait to see how that all uh, folds into the bigger picture as I approach the end of Endwalker. Yes. Goddamn. Oh, yeah. God. I'll catch up. <laughs> uh, this this made me want to play Final Fantasy XIV. So I'm not sure if this... this <laughs> I, I own the game. It is currently sitting on my PS5. It's just a matter of like, where the fuck... Where's the time for this sort of yeah. thing? And... Now I feel like I need to make time, but yeah, this is, thank you guys so much for this, like really enlightening. This, this proves we are the premier RPG podcast on Fanbyte. Channel left's not doing this. <laughs> Friends Reunion's not doing this. We got the only choked up Michael Hyam conversation <laughs> of Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next week we will be back with a normal episode. I think, I think next week I can talk about Forspoken by then, but we'll see. Uh, Michael, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me and all of my bullshit at Michael P. Heim on Twitter. Uh, and if you are a Final Fantasy XIV player, you can guarantee that I won't spoil things for you if you follow me. Uh, so I promise that at least. But I will have a lot of less fucking go tweets uh, for the ne- in the next couple of days. So if you want that in your feed, you know what to do, baby. Uh, Andrea, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am also on Twitter all the time too much. It is at Majora, M-A-A-J-O-R-A, because someone took the other one. Um 
but yeah, I, I don't tweet spoilers either. I do tweet a lot about rating and 1% wipes though. So if you're into that, uh, you can, can follow <sighs> me there. <laughs> oh, I oh, I need to talk to you about that. Uh, you, do, you, ever, you, do, you do high level rating. That's a, if, that's a completely separate aspect of Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen. That is also really fucking good. I will do. <laughs> but, I will drag anybody yeah. through anything. I'm always down. So get out. Okay. Let me know. <laughs> uh, we have upcoming soon is the our game of the year list this weekend. Which if you're listening to this when this comes out, we are also. Do- I'm not sure if we actually announce what we're doing, but we we've got some podcasts that we're recording in LA in person. And like live streams, we're talking over the Game Awards, which I think is going to be the day this releases. So if you missed that, then go back and see. See what our reactions were to Jeff Keighley introducing Final Fantasy VII Remake 2, I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also have plenty of things on Link. Hey, Andrea, are you doing a Game of the Year list for us? Uh, I'm not. I, I don't know what's going I don't know what that is, honestly. You should but, do one for us. Cool. I think it's due like tomorrow or <laughs> oh. for tomorrow. But we will talk about it on Slack. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's plenty of stuff going on in Link Shell. Michael, anything and interesting you want to shout out? Sure. Yeah, There's. Uh, we have a lot of guides. I think that's the main focus for us in the first week of Endwalker being out is pumping out guides. And Mike Williams, let me tell you about Mike Williams. <laughs> Holy sh- I, I, his work ethic inspires me. Uh, Mike has taken on a lot of the heavy lifting for our guides work. Uh, so if you want to, if you type in the linkshell.com, it'll take you to the feed of all of our coverage. Um, and if you're looking for guides, if you need help on dungeons, if you need help uh, with uh, finding, <laughs> finding ether currents, um, and all kinds of other aspects to Endwalker. Definitely peep us. That's what we're doing. Oh, job changes. I'm taking the kind of doing the heavy lifting on um, doing job guides and the changes uh, for gameplay uh, aspects to the game. So yeah, if you type in linkshell.com, you can find out all of our stuff. We'll have a site soon, so it'll be a little bit more organized. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But then in the coming weeks, and shout out to Andrea too for <laughs> for covering news on the weekend. There are things that I wasn't able, like we were not able to get to during the week, and I see I see you pick them up, and I'm like, oh, salutes, Woo. yes, thank you, thank you. Oh my god, it it is so, like it warms my heart to see like going to the CMS and be like, oh yes, thank you so much, <laughs> like oh, it warms my heart. So uh, shouts out to you as well. You you also are contributing to this project as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll have a site soon. Uh, if you need help with N Walker, we got you, and that's that on that. All right, cool. Well, this has been 99 Potions, episode 69 plus 5. Uh, we are, like I said, we'll be back next week, hopefully with, I think, everyone back in the in the regular crew. But as always, guys, I, I very much appreciate you coming. I wish when you do finish Endwalker and we are ready to do an Endwalker spoiler cast, you guys will come back for that. Yes. Certainly, yeah. All right. And we'll see our... Oh, wait. The thing we do now is that... As we are a podcast called 99 Potions, we sidle up to the bar, we grab a, a tall drink of potion, and we clink. So if you have a glo- if you have a water bottle of some sort or some kind of bottle, and just want to clink it in the microphone, feel free. Okay. Yes. Hold on. Uh, like this. That's yeah. a coffee cane. Yeah.